Hello there, I'm Rob Manafield and welcome to this very special edition of F1 Everything Else, the side series of the podcast where I talk about Formula One in a much more loose way compared to the numbered scripted episodes of the podcast. Now today you might be thinking, this title for this podcast is a bit weird, well let me explain. So I have a friend of mine called Ben Fox and he hosts Historical Oracle Podcast. He's a podcaster, he's a journalist and he's one of my best friends and he's a big F1 fan. He knows his stuff as well and we talk about F1 all the time and he's a fan of the podcast and he's wanted to do something with F1 Everything for quite a while now and he came up with the idea of essentially interviewing me. Now it's a bit of a weird thing to be interviewed uh, even especially for like your own podcast but Ben was insistent that we do this and it's a nice way to get him on. It's a nice way to introduce you guys to Ben because in the future I I'm, I'm, would like to get Ben involved in some like a season recap for example come the end of the year or things like this. So it's a nice way to introduce Ben. Uh, I will leave links to Historical Oracle in the description for this uh, for this episode of the podcast, so please do go check it out. I mean, I, I, we'll talk about it more a little bit in in the episode itself. But I mean, I'm not really a history guy outside of F1. I'm not really a history guy. He does bite sized history, covering all sorts of topics, and it's fantastic. So make sure you go check out Historical Oracle and all the good podcast apps and on social media. And we talk about it more at the end of our our discussion, the interview, if you will. But yes, sit back. Relax and enjoy the F1 Everything Else Historical Oracle Takeover. Welcome to F1 Everything. One thing you may realise straight away is I am not Rob. Um, <laughs> I haven't got the knowledge or the uh, dulcet tones as my uh, <laughs> as my fellow podcaster has. Um, but it's... this is historical oracle takeover. Yeah, takeover, takeover. So, something we've wanted you. Well, we wanted to do for a little while, especially you, since you're yes. taking over. I, I I have taken over. Stop talking, so I let you in. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so one thing. I, one of my favourite podcasts is listening to experts, and I consider you an expert, um, listen to experts discuss their topic. Um, I think it, whether, whether it be on the TV for sport or whether it be podcasters and their various subjects, listening to someone discuss why they love a sport that, and any questions that are put to them. I find extremely interesting. So yeah, I've wanted to do this for a while. Oh, you have to talk now. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm allowed to talk on my own fucking podcast. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks very much. Um, so I will. So basically, what I want to do, manners, if you allow me, a bit like Frost Nixon, if you've seen that interview, a bit of a. I want to interview you and sort of introduce the man behind the microphone. Oh, okay. That Ev- sounds weird considering it's my own podcast, but I'm more than <laughs> up for this. Before you do so, I'm going to quickly introduce you because okay. some of you 
some people may not have actually uh, ever heard this man before, and I recommend you definitely go and check out his work. He's called Ben Fox. He hosts Historical Oracle Podcast, and he's even covered Formula One on that podcast. As I well. have, I yes, yeah, yes. Talking about controversial moments, I think one of one that, of them. That was it, and it's a very good episode. Go check him out if you like uh, bite-sized history. This is your man, all right. History is quite. In, I find it's quite an intimidating thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a lot of facts and detail and intricate dates and names and all sorts. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, the way that you break it up and make it accessible to idiots like me. I mean, I know a lot about F1, I think, but just random history. No, no. So, but you do a great job in teaching me. So, thank you. Go check out Historical Oracle, Apple Podcast, Spotify. SoundCloud, all the all the goods, Every, all the good apps. Yeah, all the good apps. None of the crap ones. I'm not any of the crap apps. Yeah, but no. I am. I am on all the good apps. <laughs> we don't endorse the crap apps. Yeah. So that's your intro. Thank now, you very much. I'm now basically going to let you go nuts. Thank you very much. It's all yours. The floor's yours. Okay, manners. Okay. Um, or I'm going to call. I I got to call him manners for now. But yeah, rough. Yeah. Um, I want you to describe to me your first F1 experience. Uh, when was the first time you saw it? Following on, when was the first time you sort of felt it, if you know what I mean? Okay, so the first time I he was even remotely aware of F1, um, my dad used to watch it kind of erratically in the mid-90s, Damon, during Damon Hill's mm. uh, battles with Michael Schumacher. I was quite young, so I wasn't really aware of what it was. And I remember, but I like cars, just cars. I remember getting books for cars, toy cars and things. And my dad said to me, if you like cars and you should watch this. Mm. And he put Formula One on the telly. And it was the, I remember which race, it was the 1997 Italian Grand Prix. And I know this because I have a memory of the cars all going from the Ascari chicane near the end of the lap down this massive straight. And there being hundreds of fans all over the place and the cars are all huge and colourful and going incredibly fast. I have that image in my head and it stayed there and I was captivated by it. Mm. And then I remember the next day at school, it was the first day back at school for that school year. And the first thing we had to do was uh, write about what we did over the summer. And I remember this, David Coulthard won the race. I had no idea how to spell his surname. (laughs) So I remember asking the teacher, how do you spell Coulthard? And she hadn't got a Scooby-Doo either. (laughs) But I remember writing it down, and I, I I remember being I remember where I was in the room. I remember asking. I remember you know writing it down, and from there the obsession started. That's my first memory was just watching it randomly mm. on a Sunday, and then writing about it at school, and then yeah, from there I just wanted to ev- know everything. I wanted to watch everything. So that would have been mid ninety seven. Yeah, about the mid mid season ninety seven. Yeah, about yeah. August September of ninety seven. So yeah, near the end of the season. So did you carry on watching it? the rest of the season or did you pick it up slightly later maybe the next year or? I don't remember watching the rest of the year but I remember my first proper season of watching it was 1998 okay that was the first time I sat down and watched like every race every qualifying mm. um, I used to record them off the telly on the old VHS tapes <laughs> anyone above the age of about 15 will not have a clue old man warning yeah, old man warning absolutely <laughs> Um, but we used to record them off the telly and between races, I would watch that race over and over again mm. and I was just obsessed. Mm. So I think my first proper season was 98 and I remember that that's why it's probably still in my brain, like one of the best seasons of all time because it was the first one where I was fully engrossed in it. Was that a Schumacher winning yeah. season? Yeah. No, no, he didn't win it. No. He was um, battling Hakkinen oh, okay. um, for the title. And I, but yeah, I was very much Schumacher all the way. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, well, one thing you've always told me, which is an interesting story, is the reason you like Ferrari. And if you don't know that Rob likes Ferrari, you've been living under a rock <laughs> for, for however long. But uh, in, a very interesting story about why you like Ferrari. Their cars are red? Yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> I had no idea who either driver were or how good they were or who, how weren't good they were, you know, whatever. I had no idea who they were. They just drove red cars. And I was like, I like that car. Yeah. Just so happened that the best driver in the world was driving one of them. Mm. And also, uh, I mean, you couldn't pick a better race team to support necessarily than Ferrari in terms of, you know, the pedigree. Oh, yeah. If you're talking about actual success uh, for the last <laughs> like 12 years, it's been nowhere. So, yeah, there's be- there's plenty of better teams to support than Ferrari right mm. now. But, yeah, nah, if you're talking about just the historical uh, significance of a team in a sport, yeah, Ferrari's mm. the team. So you once said to me that... Um, well, it's something ridiculous. Like you went to Silverstone, what, like eighteen years in a row, or something like that. Um, fourteen. Fourteen years in a row. Two thousand one to two thousand fourteen. Mm. Every single year, it was an obsession. Yeah. Um. Then I just, I think I got bored. I remember coming back from the last time, and mm. then thinking I don't need to go for a little bit. Took a couple of years off. Then I went again in twenty seventeen. Mm. Uh, didn't have the best experience of race day. Cause yeah the events changed and we yeah, we're sure, happy sure. to talk about it later but yeah. um i'm going to singapore this year though so mm. i can't wait for that i mean that's a, that's a good second race to go to not bad it? no yeah uh, it's not bad um so that's like a proper street circuit isn't it and um mm-hmm. nighttime i mean I'm a, i remember every time i listen here about singapore it's always about how much sweat they lose during the race they lose kilos of yeah fluid. ridiculous yeah, it's mad I didn't Hamilton have a broken drinks bottle last season? Oh, maybe. I don't know. That guy's a a machine, so (laughs) that probably didn't phase him at all. Um, So 2001, you said, didn't you? That was the first time I went to a race. Is that the first time? So that was your first, as I said at the beginning, the first time you felt F1, you know, the sound, the Hmm. sort of crowd, etc. Sorry, I probably misunderstood what you meant. I thought you were my first experience with F1. No, no, no. I I agree. That I wanted to hear what you said originally but also when was the first time you sort of experienced it as it were oh yeah no for sure um actually in person yeah the yeah. british grand prix 2001 yeah. 10 years old and i remember it blowing my mind mm. what about it particularly the sound yeah always the sound yeah because the thing that always amazed me over the years especially when the the v10 engines were around mm. was that you could hear those things for miles yeah you could be driving in on a friday morning and you could be literally five miles away, and you could all you could hear in the silence of the Oxfordshire countryside <laughs> is just screaming V10s, and it would give you goosebumps. Oh, yeah, mm. I wish they'd go back to that. They never will, but I wish they would because, yeah, that was what some of my fondest memories of those moments. So you are going to uh, Singapore this year, as mm-hmm. you just said. Um, what would be your in the current? season sorry as in the current um race calendar should i say okay your top three races that you would like to attend and why uh on the spot here Uh, manners may change his opinion in the future okay i'm putting him on the spot he doesn't know any of these questions no absolutely that's how it should be um okay from a pure racing perspective and just going to an awesome circuit where the cars are really working and that's that's one of the reasons where you go Mm. spa oh yeah oh yeah I'd sit at the bottom of Rouge and uh, up Radion. Um, yeah, that just looks absolutely bonkers. Mm. So Spa for sure. It's the longest mat lap, isn't it? Like, One of. I think yeah. it might be the longest. Um, there's sh- a few circuits I think that are pushing it, but mm. it's certainly up there. Um, ooh. 
Monaco, as yeah. much as Monaco doesn't produce a very good race most of the time, I hate to say because it's a cliched thing to say, but it's Monaco. Yeah, it's just it visually looks absolutely spectacular. Uh, but you know, you need to remortgage your house, I think, to get to that race. So maybe not anytime soon, but one day, maybe <laughs> one day. If you're gonna do Monaco, you got to do it properly. Me and my dad were thinking about it for this year instead of Singapore initially when we were talking about going to a race. Yeah, and just to go to the day was to the cost of a decent grandstand seat for the day for the race day was 200 pound more expensive than our weekend tickets for singapore oh like the yeah. money is madness but maybe one day but the thing is with similar to glastonbury and similar to silverstone really nowadays is it's become a sort of a bucket list event rather than people going because they enjoy it 100% agreed yeah uh, that's, that's the only reason i would go because mm. it's monaco yeah yeah, and a third one. It's a bit of famine or feast that race as well, isn't mm, it? It's, yeah, it's either good as you said. I remember a very vivid memory of asking you on a Sunday morning, maybe um, twenty sixteen, I think. Uh, was that um, wet? Mm, it was wet. Yeah. yeah, and I remember reading your Twitter on the morning, um, and it was something like every two words that every F one fan wants to hear: Monaco, full stop, wet, full stop. And yeah, I was like, I, he's so right. Yeah, I think if you if you are it's the only race you'd want to go to all year where you want it to rain. Yeah, because it's just Monaco in the wet is probably the biggest challenge in global motorsport mm. aside from Le Mans. Yeah, um, that's just nuts. Um, and the third one, as a Ferrari fan, it's got to be Monza. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, yeah, because obviously, as a Ferrari fan, you would experience the crowd then as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, I want to be under that podium. Yeah, <laughs> that just looks amazing with your mouth open with the champagne. Oh, absolutely, I'm thirsty, lads. It's hot. Can you just <laughs> give us a drink? Um, okay, next question. We shall pick. I mean, I know the answer, but for those that haven't listened to your podcast before, your favourite ever driver, Michael Schumacher. Yeah, that's the easiest question you'll ask me all day. Yeah, and your reasoning. Um, I first, had... first one you re- I know you said earlier, first one that you. Uh, sort of witnessed and again yeah you drove a ferrari you drove a red car i had no idea who he was but he seemed like he was good they mm. talked about him in a in a positive way apart from when he was being shady mm. um but yeah i don't know there was something about him like he was just awesome like he provided some incredible moments in that first year of proper watching yeah and i was gravitated by that alone and then, yeah, I remember the moment where I realised I was a huge fan was when he broke his leg, and I was devastated. Mm. I was eight years old and heard that he'd broke his leg, and I thought, like, that his career was over, and mm. I'd only just started watching, and I was absolutely in bits yeah. about that. Yeah. And now I think that's when I realised that how much of a fan I was, was mm. when I realised that if he may never race again, that mm. would be awful for me. I mean, it's not bad, uh, the person you naturally went to. I mean, because at, at the time... You know, no one could have called you a glory hunter. You're yeah. just a kid. You're just a kid. You just, but oh, you just six you, when I started watching. Precisely. Yeah. I mean, it was just a, it was just a, a racing driver that you saw, you liked, and lo and behold, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest in some people's minds. No, he's the best driver in the world at the time for sure. Mm. So I picked well. <laughs> I could have um, picked Eddie Irvine for fuck's sake. I mean, that could have <laughs> my life could have been a completely different. I could have got bored, and my life would be much more boring. Um. Uh, so your Schumacher aside, your second favorite driver. I'm we don't have to go like a top 10, but maybe <laughs> your second favorite driver will of stop. all time. Yeah, that's hard because mm. there's a few. Uh, <laughs> off the top of my head, Alonso, uh, Felipe Massa, mm. 
Kimi Raikkonen. Basically, Ferrari drivers. Felipe Massa, really. I remember being absolutely mortified when he lost the title. Yeah. And yeah. By, I mean, a, by a point. And they were celebrating, weren't they? 2007, yeah. That hurt. I was celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being so angry when, when that Massa lost the one. Not even because it was Hamilton. And I'm sure you've got some questions lined up about that later. <laughs> um, but I remember being so happy. I thought, this is it. And, you know, it was raining. And it looked like Hamilton wasn't going to take it. Then he took it. Punched a wall. I was, I would have been about 15, 16, 17. I was so upset. I punched a wall in my house. That went down well, obviously. But yeah, yeah I remember being <laughs> devastated. And also when Massa had his crash and he had his head injury, I remember being really yeah. upset about that. So I always find my way of knowing how much I like someone was when anything sort of negative happens towards them and how mm. I feel about that. Mm. Um, if you ask me just to pick one, though, but it's either Alonso, Vettel, or Jules Bianchi. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with Alonso, then Bianchi, then Vettel. Uh, I mean, that's that's a good question itself. The most underachieved, if that's a word, yeah. driver of all time? Oh, Jules Bianchi, for sure. He yeah. he Just because of his the circumstances and what happened to him. Mm. Yeah, no, that kid should be at Ferrari now, mm. winning races, take challenging for world championships, but... Yeah, he's not here anymore, and yeah, uh, breaks my heart. But and say with Alonso, you could say as well. Yeah, no. To be fair, Alonso, two-time world champion, does not do him justice. Oh, for sure, he should at be at all. least a four-time world champion. Yeah. But that's just how the sport works sometimes. So, mm. um, so now this question I realise is quite broad, so I'm going to narrow it ever so slightly. Sure. I was going to say your least favourite driver, but I mean, there's plenty of sort of minnows over the years that you could name. Maybe your least favourite driver who's been a, a relative success or at least, you know, a few seasons rather than just someone that... <laughs> <laughs> it's not Hamilton. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Everyone, We'll clear it up later, but everyone seems to think I hate Hamilton. I really don't. No. no. Um, I used to. I know anymore. Yeah. Um, Jack Villeneuve, probably. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that guy has very little success to uh, be his, you know brash and as cocky and spouts a lot of shit in the press yeah. you know he, he maybe i don't know i'm not a huge fan of him both on and off track he wasn't that good a bit like uh a bit like bret hart in the old uh, in the wrestling <laughs> in yeah, the wrestling a world. little bit yeah yeah though bret hart was way better at wrestling than jack villeneuve <laughs> was at formula one yeah nah Vil- i'd say villeneuve yeah. just somebody who's maybe tried to extend his legacy as such by brash as you say brash comments on the outside shouting in almost yeah po- yeah I'd, i think he just talks shit okay <laughs> that's just for the most part <laughs> i tried to be as diplomatic as i could have and been. i'll just say how it is i think he talks shit <laughs> um who do you consider then uh to be the greatest driver of I all time i knew you were gonna ask that because uh, i i, I have... know i i know your top i know your top five I think. Go on, you name him. I'll see if how close you are. Uh, you, In no particular order, just no particular yeah. order. Fangio. Yep. Um, Jackie Stewart. No. 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 Okay. Fine. Schumacher. Yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Prost. Yeah. And who would be the? The only the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, uh... Senna, Senna. Oh, Senna, of course. <laughs> Fucking hell, Ben. I call myself a fan. Um, yeah, Ert, Ayrton, Ayrton Senna. So, who would you consider to be the greatest of all time? It depends what day it is, quite frankly. Okay. <laughs> um, and why? Every question has to end with a why. Do you believe that as well? Okay. I refuse to rank the top three because okay. I think it's impossible. And the top three are? Senna, Schumacher, Fangio. Okay. Hamilton fourth, Prost fifth. Yeah. 
A different era is obviously coming That's to That's exactly yeah. what yeah. it is. Yeah. So if you're talking about um, Fangio, five world titles in four different teams over the course of like seven or eight seasons mm. in the 50s, where if you crash, you die. Yeah. Uh, that's insane like the success rate he had and there was less races there was like six races a season in the beginning mm. so to have that much success in such a short space of time and in a way hot from team to team it was just mental so in that regard Fanjo could very well if you say Fanjo is the best of all time I'm not going to argue with you Senna the most naturally talented driver of all time absolutely mm was taken from us way too early, so we don't know fully what would have happened. Uh, he probably would have won at least one more world title. But it says a lot, though, that someone can, you know, not be as successful in terms of championships and titles and race wins as the other people on that list. But there's automatic assumption that he would go on then. Had he continued, he probably would have won a lot more. It says a lot about a person who didn't do it, but yet most people will still say, yeah, still the greatest, one of the greatest of all time. I think he would have won the 94 World Championship, mm. just about beat Schumacher. I mean, my reasoning for that was because Damon Hill nearly won the title in the same car. Yeah. And Senna would have beat Schumacher in that year, yeah. no matter how bad that Williams was in the beginning. Yeah, Senna would have dragged out a world title that year. So I'm I'm almost certain of it, but we'll never know. Mm. Um, Senna, so yeah, naturally incredibly talented the f- the f- I want to say the fastest driver of all time as well. Just naturally, just the fastest. Yeah. Like watching him throw cars around and watch them squirm and just the way he's holding on for dear life. But yeah, I always liken it to dancing. He'd dance with a car. Yeah. He'd make a car dance through the corners and it was spectacular. Like just looking back, I wasn't alive when he was in his heyday, really. I wasn't watching, but I've watched enough footage over the last 20 years to look at this guy and go, wow, I would love to have watched him. It you only have to look at his crash and um, and think. I mean, they did a documentary on it, which I believe you showed me. In fact, it was a Senna documentary, wasn't it? Yeah, the movie. Yeah, um, where they said he had corrected the car within about you know what, mm. a hundredth of a second or something ridiculous. Yeah, uh, which is obviously sad to think, but you know the 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 balls and the uh, ability on the guy knows no bounds. He was just unbelievably skilled. Mm. He was flawed. There's no perfect driver. Um, because he, he did some shady things like Schumacher has as well. I mean, that's probably why he was so respected by his fellow drivers. Because, yeah, you, you weren't sure whether he would throw you off the road if you went <laughs> alongside him. Yeah. And then Schumacher's the third one. Seven times world champion. 91 wins, 68 poles, over a thousand mm. points. Like, especially, and he, he got to a thousand points in a time where you can only win 10 points for a win. Yeah, yeah. That's so really, yeah. nowadays, you get 25 points for a win, 26 now if you get fastest lap on the off chance. So you could get 100 points in four wins. To get 100 points back in his day, you had to get 10 wins. Mm. So there's still crack over 1,000 points, and this was way before you retired. Mm. That's, that's mad. And that's one of those statistics which I think people forget about. Yeah, 1,000 points now is not much because people are scoring hundreds of points a season now because of the points where you get points-wise for wins and podiums and stuff. But... Yeah, Schumacher was just a machine, an absolute machine. Would you, if Hamilton wins six or seven, would you put him up there? He's fourth. Yeah, well, as in, would you put him in the top three? Would he make the top three in your Possibly it, yeah. knock Fangio out, just. Yeah. yeah. He's already teetering. If he gets, a, if I think if he gets seven titles, he'll, he goes into third, yeah. maybe second. Because one of the stats I told, well, you probably already knew, but I sent you the day after the race. 
that he's got something like 200 race starts and he's won um he's got points in 140 of them or yeah, yeah he's scored points in like nearly like 75 percent of his race starts yeah. or something ridiculous around that point and he hasn't always had the best car he's always had a good he's always had a relatively good car he's not he's never had constantly the best car the last few seasons of course and no one's going to argue with that i'm gonna argue that okay um hamilton fans please don't hate me please don't subscribe <laughs> and, and call me a wanker on twitter some people already do that's fine i do um, it yeah you do it <laughs> you do it to my face as well um this this is just my opinion. I think he's had a bad car for six months of his entire career. Okay. There's a little asterisk next to him for me. He had a bad car for six months. The mm. rest of the time, he's had great cars. Yeah, okay. 2009. Up to when he won his... He, so between the Australian Grand Prix and the Hungarian Grand Prix in 2009, when McLaren basically gave him a bloody like pedal cart. <laughs> nothing to it. Pedalo. Yeah, literally gave him, a, <laughs> gave him an absolute piece of crap that year. He still did well in it. But that was the only time he has been given a, a categorically mm. a bad car. Because I remember him once qualifying like 19th at Silverstone for the British Grand Prix, the year after mm. he'd won it in spectacular fashion. And like, that is a, that's not him. Mm. That's not because he's bad. He's awesome. The car is awful. That's yeah. the only time he's had a bad car. Ever since then, he's had either a, a good car, a great car, or an absolute monster. Mm. So... I would argue against him possibly having not always having the best car. He's always had at least a good car. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that, actually. Um, I mean, in terms of even the early Mercedes can be classed as a good car. Like the first season he was there. The I mean, 2013. The, the silver buses, as Vettel famously called them. <laughs> yeah, no, the... Um... Yeah, that first Mercedes, that was very much an experimental year, kind of a, a write-off, because yeah. they weren't looking at that year. They were looking at 2014, and it, mm. it showed... The greatest move in F1 history in terms of team to team? It's either that or Michael to Ferrari. Yeah. But then again, that took a long time to get there. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's of... a, well, I remember thinking at the time, I mean, sorry, this, I'm, I'm answering some of these questions. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's as much a conversation between me and you as it is. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking at the time, oh, that, that, he must know something that we don't to have made the move. Because McLaren was still doing. All right. Yeah, um, they were still a top team. Yeah, and I mean, the position swap between Mercedes and McLaren in the last two or three years has been well, longer than that, four or five years, has been tremendous. I mean, uh, he must have known something we didn't, I that, think, Alonso, Alonso, that Alonso didn't. <laughs> I think Hamilton knew full well that 2013 was a write-off and 2014 going forward when the new regulations were coming in. And he must have known their plans. He was probably Mercedes were probably planning for those those new regs a year prior to that. Yeah. So he must have seen what they were doing. Must have seen what their plans were, and gone. I'm having some of that because he's already at McLaren, and probably McLaren aren't even thinking about it because mm. Mercedes weren't fighting for anything. Yeah, they'd get a pole or a win from time to time, but then on the whole, they weren't fighting for anything. So why not focus your efforts on a couple of years' time and produce a monster car? And yeah, they, they did. They have. <laughs> oh, they're just. I. I mean, I've. I don't think it's a, an understatement to say that Mercedes, as they are at the moment, are probably the best team ever. Mm. Just as a collective unit. They I mean, awesome. I mean, what they've done. I mean, especially with the constructors in the last since you know what twenty fourteen was the first yeah. title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the race wins. He's. I mean, uh, Hamilton now has well over well over fifty race wins. Aren't yeah, they? he's won. Um, so I, I I can't remember it's like fifty seven or something. It's it's like mid to high fifties. Yeah. Um. He's won more. He, he basically the races he's won at Mercedes 
alone mm. would be enough to put him second of all time in the rankings for race wins. Oh, yeah, my mum did see um, that, yeah. Bear in mind, he already won like 15, 20 races at McLaren. Mm. So, yeah, that, anyway, says, that says it all. We shall move on from the Hamilton check. Um, I can't help it, being a Hamilton fan. Of course. Ham- fanboy. You're a fan. uh, <laughs> You're um, not a fanboy. <laughs> your favourite ever F1 season. Now, for the, you may, um, Rob will do a season's history on um, F1 everything, but... Yeah, I did 1998 already. Yeah. Because that's probably uh, that's one of my favourite seasons ever. Um, 2010 is a beast of a season. 2012 is really good. Uh, in terms of ones I've watched, uh, I'm probably going to say 2010. That was crazy. Uh, so Seb won that title. Seb won yeah. the World Championship. Um, but there was five people fighting for the title with two races to go. Five people were still yeah. mathematically in it. That's crazy. That Seb, Never happen again. Well, that's Seb, Weber, Alonso, Hamilton. Button. And Button. So, yeah, the two Rebels, the two McLarens and, um, and Alonso. Yeah. And, yeah, with two races to go, there were five cars that mathematically could still win the championship. And it's proven in the previous years that anything could happen. So outsiders could come in and win it, and Vettel was an outsider, and he did. Was that Spain that cost Alonso that year? Um, no, not really. Alonso was leading the championship into the final race that year. Okay. He, um, it's when he got stuck behind a, a, a Renault, a Petrov, and oh, he just Petrov. could not get past. He yeah. just couldn't. The Renault had enough, too much on the straights. And this was at Abu Dhabi at a time where there was no DRS or or occurs or anything so there was no assist i prefer that by the way um yeah and he just couldn't get past it weber he was racing weber because it was basically in terms of championship contention it was alonso weber vettel hamilton and ferrari shit their pants <laughs> and weber went to pit early and they covered him off and they were they covered off the wrong red bull because yeah. vettel was out front leading the race came in pit didn't lose the lead and Alonso got stuck in traffic and just couldn't get by. And yeah. it cost him the title. That's on, that's on like Ferrari. What's a fuck up strategy? Yeah, I've what never known that. What, what are you on about, about? Manus? Yeah. <laughs> um, your least favourite season? Well, that I've watched? Yeah. Ooh. Again, it's probably one of Vettel's real dominant ones. Mm. Uh, or, I mean, I'm going to play it like, because probably like 2004, not because I didn't enjoy them because I was a Schumacher fan. I had a great time. Yeah. But actually, just straight up as a season of motor racing, it was diabolical. Mm. I mean, yeah, but as a Hamilton fan, this season has been pretty dire so far. There you go. Uh, I mean, so we're looking at it from that perspective. I'll say two thousand four. Yeah, I mean, because there's no, I, I personally don't find any enjoyment out of dominant wins, even when it's your personal winning. A do, a win, you know, winning a season or winning a race when you've had to work for it as a fan is a lot more enjoyable, no matter who you support. Yeah, so I suspect if when Hamilton wins the title this year, um, <laughs> by whatever race, probably by Japan or something, like six <laughs> races to go, everyone just doesn't bother turning up for the final phase of the season. <laughs> but that will still feel great for you as a fan, but you won't have that same satisfaction as, say, the last couple of years, yeah. where Hamilton has been in a fight with Vettel and mm. come out on top. I mean, I've I've literally jumped around my living room uh, in the last couple of seasons when you know, Seb's made a mistake or Hamilton's got a race wing. So that's basically every race. Yeah, every race in the last couple of seasons. Sing- oh, he spun again. <laughs> Singapore comes to mind when he took out the Ferrari and uh, the Red Bull. Yeah, right. that one hurts. If that happens this year at Singapore, I will be jumping off the big wheel that's <laughs> next to the circuit. I, I, I had a bit of Schadenfreude when I um, saw Vettel in a wall 
sort of walking pace um, wherever it was. Was it um, uh, Hungary or something like that? Germany last year when he was he put it in the wall bowl by himself. <laughs> yeah, that broke my heart a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Um, pretty so we d- we've discussed my favourite F1 moment. But okay. No. <laughs> oh, oh, come on, fanboy. Um, uh, so your favourite F1 moment? Does this have to be that I've watched or then like gone no, back? No, no, and... it, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be anything. Any, it, it doesn't it, have to be anything. Oh, nothing then. <laughs> it can it can be anything you want it to be, manners. Greatest... It can be something you've researched or something you've watched um, yourself. <sighs> Greatest F one moment. Because I mean, in recent years, one that comes to my head is um, Kimmy's race win. Oh, um, in America last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was very satisfying. Yeah. For everybody, not just for Ari. No, fans. precisely. Yes. It was just awesome. It was a great moment. It was something that we thought would never happen again. And he did it. And he did it well. So, great stuff. Ah, greatest F1 moment. Now, oh, this is on the spot. I've got nearly 70 years to think back. Uh, or your favourite, Or my favourite. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the greatest. Your, what, what fills your heart with joy, manners? Schumacher winning his first title with Ferrari. Okay. So, that would uh, be 90... 2000. Oh, it was 2000? 2000. 2000. When he finally did it. Having come close twice, broke his leg the third time of trying, and then finally did it, and he did it um, in mixed conditions. And the, the moment that always I always remember was this is being very nerdy. Mm. His second pit stop, so Hakkinen had come in first, normal stop, then got stuck in traffic coming out on his hot lap after was on his out lap, and Schumacher just went mental and set this crazy laps, just putting in the laps, clean air, and he came in amazing pit stop six seconds sounds like a, sounds like a lifetime yeah, now yeah. back then that was an absolute rocket ship of a pit stop yeah beautiful stop comes out and you just hear the crowd in japan go absolutely bonkers mm. and because they realized that he's done it yeah and he's done it by miles hackenden's like the whole pit straight behind and i remember watching this nine years old on my parents bed end of my parents bed it was like six in the morning yeah, and just going mental and then just being like the tense waiting for the, watching the laps countdown. And then he did it. And it was the first time I'd seen him win a world title. And then as I've grown older and appreciated that moment more, oh, it's just wonderful. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. As a Shumi fan. Yeah. Nothing will top that. I don't think. Um, And your favorite F1 track then? It doesn't have to be a current one. It can be um, any track that you've... I don't necessarily think it's the best track, but I've, Silverstone will be is my favourite track, I think. Yeah, because I've the, got so much... The sentimentality, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The me- the, yeah, absolutely. So the one of the best moments of you telling me uh, Hamilton's race win in the wet? Yeah, that was mad. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that. That was... Well, I was I remember being drowned rat in the grandstand. <laughs> Never been in, out in the open like in in rain like that before. But as everyone else, we were sat at bridge, um, and literally everyone was going off in front of us. Just no one could keep it on the road. But apart from like one off that Hamilton had, he just was just absolutely epic that mm. day. Drove like an absolute boss. Won the race by like a minute. And I remember even just as I was a 17-year-old, didn't like him because I was all about Ferrari and all the rest of it, but I was just, yeah, you couldn't help but applaud that. Him, I would love to see him, Alonso and Schumacher, racing in the wet, in the same car, in their peaks. 
mean like 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 a like a rock, uh, the scene from Rocky Balboa when they put the, <laughs> the dream match on. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, reenacting that race, just those three on the track, would be so cool to watch. Who would win? Oh, uh, I'm asking you now. Yeah, you're asking me. Um, Alonso, I think. Um, you think Alonso? I think I when I mean obviously I haven't got the vast encyclopedia knowledge that you have. But the races I've watched Alonso driving in the wet, I've always been impressed more than the other two drivers. Now, Hamilton is a beast in the wet. Schumacher is a beast in the wet. No one's ever going to deny those two. Uh, but I remember, I've always, I always remember watching, um, uh, I think, Alonso in the wet, actually, in Silverstone, actually, thinking, this, thinking about it. And, yeah, I've always, I just always thought he was one of the most naturally gifted drivers. Um, I mean, the other two are, of course. Um, but yeah, I'll probably a lot. I'll probably lean towards Alonso in that. Interesting. But, uh, but I suspect <laughs> it would be a photo finish. Oh yeah, uh, without it, a doubt. Yeah, for sure. I'd probably lean towards Michael. Mm. Just yeah, probably go Michael Hamilton Alonso. But yeah, as you said, it's a it's a close one. Well, thing is, Alonso would be the favourite and probably lose. Hamilton would be moaning around the radio the whole time, and Schumacher would crash into them both. <laughs> 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 very good yes um so uh, moving on we're going to talk about the current f1 season so okay. i'll give people a roundup of you know what your thoughts on how it's gone so far yeah because i don't do that uh, and i'm at the moment i'm well i'm glad i don't because uh, <laughs> the content would be riveting you're you but you do do um roundup videos on your twitter um, oh yeah sort yeah. of like a summing up what you think about a certain race so before we go into the details what what do you miss most about F one at the moment? Uh, What's letting you down as a fan that sat there at the end of your parents' bed, you know, watching Schumacher winning in Japan? Oh God! So, I mean, the obvious ones the the sound. Mm. I think F one on the telly at least is it's very difficult to portray speed properly mm. without. The sound of speed. F1's always been very good when I was growing up of looking fast because half of it is the sound. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. If a car sounds like it's about to blow up because it's so loud and so vicious, then that makes it automatically look quick, in my opinion. A car, you know, the new cars are the fastest they've ever been, they're smashing lap records, but they don't visually look very exciting. No. Because you can't bloody hear them. And also with the um, foreshortening of the camera angle when they're coming towards you, mm-hmm. they look. I mean, that's the case with any sport, and it would have been the case with even the sound. But having that sound would have still made it feel fast. But For sure. when, when you see, um, even when they're on a, a straight going 300 kilometers per hour, but they're coming towards the camera, you're just thinking, that doesn't look quick. I remember the first time I went to Silverstone with the new V6s, I sat at the end of the hangar straight, and I remember Nico Rosberg coming down the hangar straight, full pelt, 200 miles an hour, into Stowe, and I remember thinking, it's the least interesting, like visually, F1's ever been. Yeah. The cars are so fast, but they just don't have that audio to back it up, if you know what I mean. You could have, the way I look at it, you've got these like... um, you could you could build the fastest car in the world and it's electric, but if it doesn't sound like it's the fastest car in the world, mm. then it's not that exciting to watch. Yeah, that's just my opinion. You can I might be wrong, but 
I just I think the sport misses that audio, that the pomp and circumstance of a Formula One car, which isn't just isn't there anymore because it sounds like a lawnmower. <laughs> so that's the first thing I miss. I miss the drivers being able to race each other without actually fear of being penalised every time yeah, they go wheel coming. to wheel. You've been quite critical recently of the couple of judgments. F1's a mess. Yeah. Quite ne- quite frankly. We're second the Leclerc... I mean, we're recording this after the Austrian Grand Prix of this year, 2019. So there was the Verstappen-Leclerc thing. And I, the second I saw it, I thought they're going to they're gonna investigate that. Mm. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake, like let the lads race. You go watch IndyCar. These lads are pushing each other off but then they're sorting them out amongst themselves if someone takes a position that you know um they probably shouldn't have the plover and let, it, let mm. the guy through just, eat, just sort it out like men i mean it's the sort of it's the case with any sport really if it's if you hear or see the ref it's been a bad game in my opinion sort of thing if you watch a rugby match and every five minutes you hear a Nigel Owens blowing his whistle. I, I love Nigel Owens. So you, you know I, I'll I mean, hear though. him all the, I know exactly yeah, what you mean. Yeah. But yeah, he's, I'd listen to him. He's funny. <laughs> this isn't soccer. <laughs> yeah. If you want to play soccer, come back here next Sunday, whoever it is. Um, yeah, no, but you see what I mean? If yeah, you, for sure. If you are deciding races, another one comes to mind. You know, we're not arguing the rights and wrongs of it, but the Daniel Ricard, Ricardo race win in, was it Australia last year or two years ago? He's never won in Australia. I'm trying to think which one you're talking about. Um, or was he won. Or was he third and he got the end? He got he came second. Yeah. And he got the he got disqualified. That's, yeah, that's the year I'm thinking about then. So it wasn't because of anything on track. It was because there was some, like, the car was underweight or something. Oh, but, I see. Okay. But it was nothing because he did something dodgy on track or, or questionable on track. It's just the car was... Yeah, you, but you could something. feel fine. Then oh, that's not that can't be helped, I suppose. But you could still feel the atmosphere being sucked out of the race himself because someone had done something unexpected, and it was taken away from them. Foxy, mate, I'm just going to stop you there because we're going to take a quick break from this discussion, and I'm going to play a promo for a podcast that everyone listening should absolutely go and check out. Hi guys, I'm Dean. And I'm Daniel. And we're from the IMDb Journey podcast. Where we break down every movie from the top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. But when we're not doing that, we also battle other podcasts in various movie-related games of trivia and drafts. We also give quick reviews about every other film we've watched as well. Yeah, here we're quite good too. Yeah, if you guys don't believe us, why don't you listen to these genuine testimonies? Oh, hey guys, you guys are really good. I love your chemistry. Oh, hey, Brew, it's uh, this is a this is a good podcast, yo. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, love the banter, guys. Keep it up. I'm DB Jenny. Is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fantastic testimonies. Oh, thanks, guys. Absolutely genuine and real. <laughs> And if you want to give a genuine testimony as well, go ahead and search for IMDb Journey. You can find us on all your favourite podcast sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. So come along and join our journey. Well, this ties quite nicely into my next question, actually. Okay. What could F1 do, rule changes or anything else, to make it better for spectators, in your opinion? What would what would be the... Um, would it be... I'll, I'll throw some stuff out there. Would it be... Refueling? Would it be uh, same size engines? Would it be um, limiting stuff you can do aerodynamically to the car? So the best engineer isn't an autom- automatically mean the best vehicle or anything else. I think the 
main, the main problem of F1 at the moment is that there's such a gap in budgets. Mm. So the budget cap of 175 mil or whatever it's going to be for 2021 will do some good. Yeah. Because at the moment you've got, say, let's use take, let's say Haas, right? They've got like a budget of 150 million or something. Ferrari and Mercedes have a budget of like half a billion. Yeah. At least every year. Every year. Mm. Haas have a fifth of the budget and like a tenth of the staff. So how at the moment is anyone expecting Haas to get close? Mm. Because, um, well, they can't because they've got the money to then go, you know, develop the car as much or as quickly or as efficiently as a Mercedes. Mm. I mean, fair play to Mercedes, but the budget cap will help. So that's the first thing that I, f- I would, you know, change okay and they're gonna do it so yeah and, unless they veto it which wouldn't surprise me what, what would you say about returning all the all the engines to like v8s sort of um or everyone with the same size engine everyone's got v6s Beast, yeah, yeah. what the only way you could really uh make it equal that way is everyone's got the same engine yeah as opposed to the same su- the sizes the size doesn't make a huge difference i don't think i mean Case in point, the V6s are um, the fastest they've ever been. If you're talking from a visual, watching the sports spectator, uh, fans watching F1 don't care about the fact that it's a V6 and they managed to squeeze this much horsepower out of it. They want to hear the hear the cars and feel that pomp and circumstance of a mm. race. So yeah, maybe go back to the V8s because they were fantastic, but just make them have the same V8. Yeah. Aerodynamically, that will come with less money because then that's more down to the minds yeah, as opposed precisely. to the money. Yeah. And that's that's more important than yeah, actual talents better than money, and that's both in terms of developing cars and drivers and hiring them. So. It, it would be nice to see the best, or should I say, the most talented drivers winning races, rather than because there's quite a few drivers at the back of the grid at the moment who probably deserve to be a lot higher up, and maybe there's people higher up. I mean, I don't rate personally. I don't rate Grosjean very highly. I used to. I don't anymore. Yeah, precisely. Um, and I know someone like um, Gasly's a lot higher than he probably should be. Yeah, he's been promoted too soon. Yeah. Or yeah, and then you got someone like Kvyat, who he's good. Yeah, precisely. He should be a lot. Probably deserves a lot more than he's getting at the moment from his car. Don't be surprised if Kvyat gets back put back in the Red Bull. Yeah. Not maybe not during the season, <clears throat> or um, or anything like that, but maybe for twenty twenty. Gasly's they promoted him too soon. They had no choice. Hmm. They had no choice but to put Gasly in the car. They could have put Signs, but then Signs had already abandoned ship, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so next question would be: We sort of covered it a little bit. Uh, your roundup of the season, your your general thoughts on the season so far. So we are at race. What race oh, are we on now? What are we on nine? That was nine. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, nine. Yeah, I think so. And there's twenty. Twenty-one. Twenty-one races. So we're all we're heading towards halfway now. Yeah, crazily. Uh, what's been my thoughts? Uh, yeah, you know where 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 does F one stand at the moment? It's been, in my opinion, a bit of a dull season. But you know, our Ferrari falling back. They're getting back in it. But good to see McLaren on the oh, way. Oh, mate, Mac- I I'm not a huge McLaren guy. Most my opinion of them are changing now that um they got. <laughs> So my problem with McLaren is that they've always taken the young drivers and spat them out. Yeah, they're, I've always looked, I've always used to enliken them back in the Ron Dennis days. They're like the Empire from Star Wars. <laughs> this massive organization with um, Emperor Palpatine at the top and yeah. Ron Dennis, who just didn't give a shit and will cut you clean out of the system if you even remotely look like you weren't going to perform. So mm. Perez, Magnussen, Van Dorn, three names I can think of straight away. 
who I don't think got a fair deal yeah. and got cut from, especially Magnussen. He, did, he, had a, he didn't have a great card to work with, got a second place on his debut, did a decent first year. I mean, McLaren wanted Alonso more, so fair enough. But you can't have this young driver program, promote people, and then just go, yeah, no, you can sit on the sidelines. Yeah. And then they held on to him for like a, like a whole season or two seasons or whatever. And there was a full 2015. He was just their reserve driver, did absolutely nothing. Hmm. So I feel bad for him. And that's kind of why I've never really liked McLaren that much. Yeah. Zach Brown, they're finally getting there. Zach Brown, when he's not botching IndyCar attempts, <laughs> he and he's actually focusing on F1. <laughs> ah, yeah. McLaren egotistically thought they would automatically qualify for mm. the 500, having just made a car, would want, would run the one race with this car, barely test it, go to Indianapolis, qualify with ease, and they got made to look stupid. Mm. The funniest thing about that, though, was when they they were selling packages for the fans to go sit in a McLaren grandstand. Yeah. Come and watch the Indy 500 live in the McLaren <laughs> grandstand. Get exclusive Indy 500 merchandise and cheer on Alonso as he goes for glory at the 500. And he doesn't even fucking qualify. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> That's just McLaren through and through. That's McLaren. But no, I'm really happy that they're getting there. I like I like Norris a lot. He's fab. He's going to be a star. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And uh, Signs is always, I've rated Signs. Mm. So, yeah, good to see them because F1 needs McLaren back at the front. Is that is that the your highlight of the season so far? Has it uh, there not been much to cheer about, really? <laughs> I, As a Ferrari fan, especially, but though Leclerc, Leclerc has taken like a duck to water, though, even though. He's been fab. Yeah. yeah. He, and he's taken a lot of stuff in his stride, uh, in the especially in the first handful of races. Yeah, I mean. I was unsure how he'd react to um, the like loss of the win in, in Bahrain. Mm. Yeah, devastating. I don't think you have to just be a Ferrari fan to look at that and go, oh yeah. my God, like that is heartbreaking for the kid. Mm. Um, but I, he handled that well, especially in the immediate aftermath. And yeah, nah, he's probably, for me personally, he's, he's been my highlight of the year, just seeing him get better almost won probably maybe should have won in in austria if verstappen hadn't pulled out a blinder yeah he's been my highlight of the year will bottas still be at mercedes in the next 18 to two years 18 months to two years <laughs> that's a really good question that um if you'd asked me back in the if you'd asked me after you'd won in azerbaijan i said 100 percent. yeah i'm not so sure now no i said going into the season that he'd get sacked, he'd lose his seat, mm. and Ocon will go in. Mm. I'm starting to think maybe that he's back on the cards. Yeah. Every time I can imagine being Ocon, every time Bottas like has a mediocre race, he's just sat there like smiling, rubbing his hands, going, <laughs> "Only a matter of time," because that kid should not be on the sidelines. But because what I was thinking is, you know, Hamilton was nowhere in Austria uh, at all, and in that void, the second driver in the best car should be filling that gap. And I know Mercedes weren't great. Uh, the car wasn't really set up for, the, for that race and they weren't great full stop. But in my opinion, if the if the number one driver, and Hamilton is the number one driver, uh, isn't isn't performing, the number two should be. Yeah, and that was like that was the case at Ferrari with Schumacher wasn't winning most of the time. Mm. It was Barrichello. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. I agree with that. If you are in absolutely the best car, you should be doing a better job than, you know, than what Bottas did, for example, in, yeah. in Austria. I mean, to be fair, the Mercedes were having, all across the board, not just Mercedes, but Williams and, and the racing points, 
that their engines just didn't suit it. They were overheating, mm. and that's why they were so slow. But yeah, Hamilton was away at sea, but Ham- Bottas should then be. I mean, he was running in second for most of the race, so yeah, fair enough. But yeah, you you would argue if you're in the best car by far, you should be winning. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, so. I mean, um, I imagine most people would probably say Hamilton's going to win the title this year. Uh, not many ways. 100%. Yeah, so I'm not even going to ask that question. Um, who is the next non-Mercedes driver to win a world championship? <laughs> it's either Verstappen or Leclerc. Yeah. I saw a stat the other day about Verstappen. Uh, most wins before the age of 21, and he's got 14. I think. Uh, no, six wins. Six wins, sorry. Six, He's won 14. six, I think. Yeah, six wins. He's probably got like 14 podiums or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 14 podiums, that's it. It was 14 podiums. Uh, and I think if you combine the next four, they get to like six. Or something like yeah. That, yeah. yeah, Verstappen. He is the key to the driver market in the near future. Because hmm. whether he stays at Red Bull long term is, is... I reckon it's a little bit of a gamble to hmm. stay there if in the future... There's a Mercedes seat up for grabs. Mm. I don't think he'll go to Ferrari, but I can see him going to Mercedes and being their number one. Okay. But it's either Verstappen or Leclerc. I would have said Vettel, but I don't I don't know anymore. I don't know. I'm okay. not sure. Um, so before I come to the end, I'll do some uh, quick fire questions. Sure. Uh, not too much time to think about it. Okay. How many titles does Hamilton finish with his career with? Six. How many titles does Vettel finish with? Four. How many more years before Ferrari win uh, another title? Two. As sorry, yeah, title. Well, a champ, a driver's title, not yeah, yeah, driver's. Uh, yeah. Two, two. Okay, and who do you think would that would be that driver? Leclerc. Okay, that's interesting. Um, one one race that you would take off the calendar. Russia. One race you would add to the calendar. Turkey. Okay, this is this is quite fun. Yeah, keep going. That's good. Um, your Least favourite current team? Huh. Oh, God. Mercedes, they keep winning. <laughs> let, let someone else have a chance. I don't really know. I don't really think I have one, to be honest. Um, your favourite bra- your favorite, uh, tyre type? What are you talking about? Uh, soft, hard, medium, <laughs> super soft, extreme soft. Hyper, hyper, hyper soft. <laughs> Ribbed. Hyper... <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, oh, favorite tire compound. Mm. We'll go with the we'll go with the yellow marked mediums because mm. they're fast but they're durable. <laughs> <laughs> Just the right amount of vibration. Um, your favorite F one track corner. Favorite corner on a track. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna cheat. And okay. say the Maggots and Beckett's complex at Silverstone. Oh yeah, because of the yeah the speed they can take it. They yeah, are. yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing more. I don't think there's many things more spectacular in motorsport than Maggots and Beckett's. Um, your favorite non F1 motorsport, IndyCar, and why? Because they can fucking race each other <laughs> and not have to worry about getting penalties every ten minutes. <laughs> Um, oh, and they also race on some absolutely amazing tracks. Like track the facilities, they're like like there's no like garages half the time. They're racing out of a fucking truck. But mm-hmm. the tracks they race on, like Road America, they just raced at Road America. That has like no facilities and hardly any grandstands. But what a track. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to watch that, you don't care about the facilities. Yeah. You're happy to wait twenty minutes for a pee if you're watching the best racing possible. 
I'm, I've always thought that you were born the wrong nationality. You think I should be American? Yeah. <laughs> I think you should. Well, I like, yes. well, I like their food. So you, is that you, a start? you like you like you like uh, you like NFL. You like the NBA. You like uh, wrestling, and you really like their motorsport. I mean, and we both like McDonald's. I mean, <laughs> we we should probably both be American. Yeah, I for sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, now the next question will be the next British driver to win a world championship. Not that's obviously not Hamilton. I was going to say Hamilton and be cheeky. Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, maybe. Well, that's the, well, that's depending if there's anyone else coming up. Uh, I'll but I'll go with Lando Norris. Okay, sure, yeah, fair enough. Um, and yes or no, will there be female drivers? I knew you were going to ask that in in F one in the foreseeable future. I mean, in ten, fifteen years time, maybe, but maybe say before before twenty twenty five. Yes. Okay, and do you think what are you think is Susie Wolf or something? Like that? No, she's retired now. Oh, um, okay. Plus, she's banned from driving, not actual <laughs> racing driving. She's I'm pretty sure she's had a actually <laughs> a ban on her actual road license. So that'll work. <laughs> Can't drive on the road, but you can race an F one car. Yeah. Um, nah, I think it's going to be a girl called uh, Jamie Chadwick. Okay. She does the World Series, like the women's, not the World Series, the women's series. Yeah. Um, that support the DTM German touring cars. She's really talented. She's mm. the first. She was the first, wi- you know, woman girl to win a Formula Three race. Okay. In I'm pretty sure in its history, and she didn't just inherit it. She deserved it, and she's by far the best driver in that women's series. She does all sorts like. Various touring cars, like I think she's recently done like 24 hours at the Nürburgring and things like that. And she is fast. And she's now recently, I think, she's with a team's young system or she's like a development driver. It might be Williams, which is a death wish at this point. But um, ah, she's fab. I really like Jamie Chadwick. She's very well-spoken. She's very fast. She's only going to get better. And don't be surprised if she's a woman. She's a you know, first woman driver to be on the grid since 1992, which is the last time. Giovanna Amati, who was shit. <laughs> um, and final question, your favourite non-F1 Everything podcast? Historical Oracle podcast. Yes. And this, so we're coming up to an hour. This has been Historical Oracle's takeover of F1 Everything. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah. If it's good, we'll do it again. Um, if people enjoy it. Do you enjoy the questions? It's very weird being on this side of it, though. Yeah. But it's quite nice. It's like we're in the pub, just I'm drinking a can of Coke here, not a pint. It's, it does help me being a talented journalist. Yeah. yeah I am. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I know a... what I'm doing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, very good, Foxy. I'm impressed. I will let you take over now to wind up. Um, seeing and they're seeing as you'll be leading then into your next episode, whatever that may be. Um, so, I'm going to do an episode on Nikki Lauda, the recently departed mm. Nikki Lauda. One of my favourite things was seeing the red halo. Yeah, that the, the Mercs had. I mean, mm. that was awesome. Yeah, no, nah, Nikki's passing sucked mm. for everybody. So yeah, um, it wasn't planned to be next, but yeah, Nikki Lauda's next, and I've started working on it. So sometime in July. Cool. And after that. You know what? I've got an idea to do um, Crashgate. Okay. Since I'm going to Singapore. Interesting. Seems like a decent topic to talk about. Yeah. Okay, so Crashgate's cool. after that, yeah. Well, I will round up now. Uh, you, As we said at the beginning, you can find my podcast uh, at Historical Oracle, uh, SoundCloud, all the various podcast apps. Uh, my website, www.historicaloracle.co.uk. 
Look at you with a website. I, I know. I tell, I tell you about it. Um, and um, and this has been F1 Everything. Can I call it F1 Everything Else? Yes, That's it, it is. Be. That's what it is. F1 Everything Else. Thank you for listening. You can find um, Rob's on Twitter. You can find him on um, Instagram. You can find him on uh, Facebook. And don't forget to follow our podcast that we do together. Film Face Off. Um, which we are will be recording an episode, uh, sorry, releasing an episode shortly. Um, and I hope you will tune into all of those podcasts because, you know, what else you got to do with your life? Yeah, there's, there's you know. I mean, what are you going to do between Sunday after the end of the race and... Uh, uh, Bitch try, on Twitter. Fr- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bitch on Twitter about how the how boring F1 is. <laughs> there's nothing for F- F1 fans to do between sun- <laughs> Sunday evening and Friday morning. Yeah, there's so, nothing uh... that F1 fans love more than having a moan on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode of F1 Everything Else. It's been very interesting being on this side and being interviewed, essentially. It's been really fun. Uh, yep, like Foxy said, like Ben said, follow F1 Everything on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. One of my favourite podcast apps called Podcast Addict. Uh, all, all the good apps they're on there uh, also follow Film Face Off Historical Oracle I also host the Michael Schumacher podcast again it's on Apple Podcasts Spotify SoundCloud uh, upcoming episode is based on Mon- Michael's dodgy dealings at the 2006 Monaco Grand Prix you know the one where he parked the car deliberately Ooh. that's going to be uh, an interesting one to cover so go and follow the show on there thank you very much for listening I'm Rob Manifield do you know the next line? I'm Ben Fox I'm Ben Fox but the li- I'm going to let you see us out. It's um, go on. and I'll see you around the next corner. Oh, really? Go on. I will see you around the next corner. Very good. Thanks, guys. See you then.